That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. It's Division One football! Go play intramurals, brother. Go play intramurals. But, you know, I am going to try, and there will be some people inconvenienced. Uh, and if it happens to be their fat little girlfriends, too bad. Twitter, radio, yeah, oh, I give a rat's ass about Twitter. All right. Welcome on back to the Jake and Bake Show. It is week, we're heading into week three of the NFL. So if that's your scale for how we do things, uh, we got a special guest this week. Before we get to that, be sure to follow us, like us on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, on Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast at the Jake and Bake Show or at Jake and Bake Show. Be sure to follow me and Jake on Twitter at the Bake is here for myself and at Jake Cart for Jake and for our guest at Josh underscore Stevens 13. Is that right? Yes. yes All right. Is. And Josh is our guest this week. So thanks for coming on, Josh. Obviously, it kind of works out. You are uh, West Virginia, Jake's Oklahoma State, and you guys will be playing this weekend. Uh, but before we get into that, Jake, last weekend, you got anything to say? I mean, you know, it's 2020, so it's craziness is going on. I mean, the thing is, is our defense played the way I thought we would play. Like we played really well. Our we never let them get a third down conversion. Like it's Tulsa, and I know people are gonna rag on Tulsa. Tulsa is not a complete garbage team. They're not really. They're nowhere talent wise near us. But you know, I think you know what's surprising is throughout the week that's developed is not a lot of people have really said, but. Uh, Casey Dunn is our offensive coordinator now, and this is his first time ever calling plays. And, you know, it's weird for a wide receivers coach because that's where he came from as wide receivers is to call that many run plays. It kind of is. a he, I think he's kind of in a weird headspace of he's trying to call too many runs and setting up things. And I mean, Spencer Sanders going down in the first quarter or, or right at the end of the first quarter. And then Ethan Bullock. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dude, he uh, is. All right. So I actually got to go to the game courtesy of you. Uh, and the atmosphere in Boone Pickens when he was playing was just abysmal. It was trash. I mean, there was no energy. There was no vibe. There was no progression or success from the Oklahoma State offense. I mean, that line is terrible. You guys have no line. And the fact that you had no line and no quarterback, you just, just couldn't get anything done. You got to rely on Chuba. Although LD Brown did have a decent game. He had a few big runs called back. But as soon as as soon as Shane Illingworth came in, that the, the whole the whole thing changed. Everything changed right there. You know? Yeah, Shane's a baller. I mean, dude, like I, I watched game tape on him when he was coming in as a true freshman. I mean, he played in California, three for forty touchdowns and only two picks in his senior year. Like you know, he's got he's got the potential to be great. Like, I think Shane is definitely the future. Uh, I mean, the hard question is now is, you know, Spence is supposed to be our guy. He got a minor ankle injury. He was in a boot until Tuesday. So uh, yesterday was his first day off and they're real secretive. They don't want to, you know, give West Virginia any like, oh, well, you know, he's not going to play. It's always going to be a game to time decision if Spence is going to play or not. But I have a feeling that 
Shane should probably start the game. Is he he should probably be the one taking the lead and is that for the season or um yeah it just, so are I, you done uh, are you done with spencer sanders really no, are you done no, with him? Done it with sounds spencer like sanders. it it sounds it's, like josh yeah. does it, doesn't it sound like he's done with spencer sanders it sounds it kind of sounds like it he was hurt last year and that again he's hurt this year already in week one but i think spencer sanders is a difference maker for oklahoma state just as you saw it they moved the ball up and down the field, the first possession very well. And then all of a sudden the backup came in and Tulsa then stacked the box to stop Hubbard. And it's almost like they didn't even try to get the ball outside the Tywin Wallace at all. It felt like, well, yeah, they didn't even go to him until I think the second half. I uh, I didn't even notice it until Jake, you had texted me and was like, they haven't, t- they haven't used Wallace once. Like they haven't yeah. went to him once, but then as soon as Shane Illingworth comes in, his first few passes are to Tylen Wallace, jump balls basically. That I mean, Tylen's yeah. the best. The Tylen's Tylen Wallace is the probably the best in the game at the collegiate level, at least of going up and getting that ball and coming down with it. I mean, he's probably one of the best in the game for it. Yeah, I mean, and so he name. he just puts like like you said, you he puts a little air under it and uh and just says, hey, go up and get it, and I got faith you'll come down with it. Yeah, I yeah, mean, his nickname I, I, is King of Contested Catches. I mean, right? You saw that on the sideline is. Shane went to the sideline, went to Thailand and said, Hey dude, like you're playing one-on-one man. I'm just going to throw it up. Just go make a play. Yeah, Josh, were you about I, to was, say? I was going to say Thailand Wallace is in my opinion, the a top three jump ball receiver you up there with Jamar chase and Justin Ross. And those two aren't playing this year. So you have the best jump ball receiver in the game. Give him a chance. And when you didn't give him a chance, the entire first half, it's kind of like, what are you doing? So I was good to see at least in the second half. I didn't watch much after that first half. It was, it was tough to watch because it was just. Yeah, it was tough to watch. I mean, both it was it was basically three and outs on both sides of the ball with yep. maybe a couple couple first downs here and there. But I mean, Jake, you guys got you got to fix things or just start off with like you said, start off start Shane Illingworth because West Virginia is not Tulsa. I mean, you guys are going to, you guys are going to have some issues. Josh, I'm going to let you go in on West Virginia. I actually haven't watched them much. I think they've only played one game, right? Only one game so far. And so there's not much, not much to say on, like not much to speak on in terms of like my end. You probably know a little bit more just because you're in and around it, but we'll get to that in a second. Jake, go ahead. Well, you know, I think the thing with Oklahoma state and everything is, is like, it's just like clockwork. If we have a good quarterback, we win 10 games every time. You know, it's Clint Shelf, it's Mason Rudolph, it's Brandon Whedon, it's whatever. If we have a good quarterback, can throw downfield, we've won 10 games year in, year out, done it before. So, I mean, I think the thing is with Shane is if he turns out to be a good quarterback, we'll be a really good team. I think Spencer Sanders is the thing of he's going to struggle to throw downfield. Like that's just one of those things is growing pains of he might maybe one day develop into a passer. That's great. But I mean, the difference maker of Shane or Spencer is, you know, he takes a lot of uh, defensive looks off of Chuba is he runs that quarterback read option and kind of hits the outside. And so then defense kind of has to move over and not quite focus so hard on you. But see, you know, uh, that's for Spencer Sanders. And yeah, that's probably his best 
not maybe not his best attribute, but one of the best things about him is he he is elusive and he can't get out of the pocket. Which you know, defensives have you have to kind of you almost have to respect it until he starts not making passes. Then you don't have to respect it one bit. I mean, but the thing with Shane Illingworth is he was very poised in the pocket, and when he did have to scramble, yeah, there's a couple checkdowns he missed. But uh, I mean, for the most part, when he scrambled, there was. I mean, he was pretty. He was pretty on point with his decision making yeah. in terms of being his first game. Real, real simple. I mean, Ethan Bullock never threw the ball away once. Shane threw the ball away. That's all yeah. you need to know. I mean, if if you get someone, especially that's a true freshman, to be able to throw the ball away when you need, you know, you need to throw the ball away, that's huge. Yeah, I mean. It's huge, but it's also, like I said, he was very poised in the pocket and, and the big plays he did make, they brought energy. It just hit Shane Illingworth coming in. I think, uh, I think I'm going to join your team, Jake, and, and say that I'm on the Spencer Sanders as the backup train. That's you started that narrative. I'm going to support you with that uh, narrative. I don't know if I started that narrative. No, but. I mean, you pretty much said it, so we're just going to go with it. Uh, but Josh, let's move on. Let's move on. Jake, you, you had your yeah, little shot. Oklahoma State. Let's hear about uh, let's hear about West Virginia. Uh, what's going on with them, and what do you expect in this upcoming week against Oklahoma State? Well, honestly, it's hard to tell. We had eleven players suspended for a first game, undisclosed reasons. I have no idea what they were. But when you look at the defense, the defense honestly played really well again. It's Eastern Kentucky, but the main thing I looked at was our secondary was much improved. We actually could stay with receivers, which is something we haven't done in years. And our defensive line looks like a, one of the better defensive lines in the country with the Stills brothers and Darius being the preseason Big 12 defensive player of the year. Like that is what I think is going to give Oklahoma State trouble. If they struggled to run the ball against Tulsa, good luck running the ball against the Stills brothers. They're just, they just wreak havoc. They have for the last two years when they played together. Um, linebacker wise, West Virginia, it, it's decent. But who's your guys quarterback? Uh, Jarrett Daigie. Jarrett Daigie. That sounds yeah. like a quarterback's name. That he played like well last name. year. We, uh, we started with Austin Kendall last year. We started three and one, and then I think we, we lost like our next five games, five or six games, and then we finally put Daigie in, in the second half of Texas Tech and never really looked back. We had, He started against Oklahoma State last year. We lost, I think it was 20 to 13 or 23 to 13, something like that. So it was a close game in Morgan time, but. West Virginia historically struggles against Oklahoma State. If you remember the year with uh, Will Greer going to Boone Pickens and being up by like 14, 20 points, and then uh, Taylor Cornelius of all the quarterbacks, bringing them all the way back, ruining our chance. You just got Jake Hart as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Old corndog, dude. Corndog, I mean, I don't know what corndog's deal was. It's kind of almost like, our basketball team of the inconsistency is corndog has some talent. He could throw the ball. He, but he was so inconsistent. We would go and play Kansas and be, he would just be absolutely awful. Like he would throw five yard passes in the dirt. And then it was like top 25 team. Like, all right, let's do this. And like, he would just turned it on and somehow some way made it happen. Like that year, that year was the wild one of the wildest years I've ever been a part of in Oklahoma state. Cause we lost to everyone bad and beat everyone good. It made yeah, it was, you guys went into that game against, I think you were five and four. You were fighting for bowl eligibility. And then we come out in the first half and absolutely step on you. Just squish you to the ground. I thought the game was over. And then all of a sudden you have an eight and one team just completely fall apart. 
Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was terrible. It was well, like Cornelius couldn't miss. We stopped doing everything that we did in the first half. We stopped and it's a new coaching staff now. So I'm hoping that's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you guys were so on offense. You guys were really solid. It was, I think your running back was Petaway or. Oh yeah. We had, we had multiple that year. We had Martel Petaway, Letty Brown, Kennedy yeah. McCoy. You yeah. have David Sills and uh, yeah. Gary Jennings as a receiver. Uh, our offense was potent. And then all of a sudden, I think we scored like 10 or 17 points a second half after putting up like 30 in the first. It was terrible. I will say throw of the year was Will Greer in Austin oh. Oh to Gary Jennings. That toe tap in the back of the end zone was throw of the year, hands down. I don't care what anybody says. That was you know, time. In you know you're bringing, uh, you're bringing back memories as I get chills running down my body after that one. <laughs> Yeah, you were just like Jake that. about thirty or uh, two yeah. minutes ago when you said watched, something about was, Taylor Cornelius. I was in my living room watching that game. I thought all hope was lost when Texas took that lead, and then I just see Will Greer drop an absolute dime to Gary Jennings, and I was like, "Oh!" And then we, when we decided to go for two, I literally just walked outside. I couldn't even watch it. So uh, moving, on, we're going to stick in college football, but moving on a little bit further. Uh, last week, Jake, who did you have in college football last week? While you get that pulled up, I'll say mine. Uh, I had fourteen UCF at minus seven and a half, and I had Duke minus five and a half. Uh, I just want to say real quick, hey Duke, fuck you. I'm never going to vote. I'm never going to root for you again. I'm never going to bet on you again. I mean, they they were twenty point or uh, five and a half point favorites, and they lost by twenty points. They lost by After twenty points to Boston College. To Bo- oh yeah, I mean they just had a terrible game. I only caught highlights, or I guess they weren't any highlights of Duke because they didn't have any. Uh, but that's terrible. I mean, you're 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 five and a half point favorite, and you lose lose by twenty points. Uh, and then real quick, that Navy Tulane game. Navy was down like oh twenty four points in the first half. They come back to in the second half, 16 points in the third quarter, 11 points in the fourth for 27 unanswered points to win that game against Tulane. Uh, I don't know where they pulled it out of because at halftime, I was like, just like when I got out of the Navy, I was done with them, done with them. And they pulled it out. They, they came back. Uh, they surprised me. I've never had Navy. The Navy surprised me before. Well, not in a good way, at least not in a yeah. good way. That game was wild. <laughs> Navy's first game they played, they played horrible. And then in the first half they played, the exact same horrible and then a light bulb went off at halftime i don't know what happened and then they just started rolling and no idea what it was but uh jake what well, were your picks from last week real quick i got a sorry josh i'll let you uh i'll let you go i got appalachian state versus marshall and app state that game was abysmal <laughs> just handed them that game i mean bro they threw the tight end ran a little stick and nod route was running to the end zone, got caught from behind, ball popped out, touchback, gave it to Marshall. I mean, they had like three or four turnovers that were just inexcusable. Like it was only four point spread, and I think Marshall ended up winning by thirteen. And App State could have won that game by like forty. It was like insane. What no was the other, spread on it? You had App, App State four and, my, half. four and a half. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I got uh, Miami was plus two and a half versus Louisville, and then they kicked the crap out of them. And it's yeah, like, that was a 13 point game. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, dude, it, and, and I knew that game was going to be heated. Like I knew it was like game. Is day Miami back? Stuff. I mean, not really. It's it's what in my head, what I thought is gangster squad versus gangster squad. 
like which gangsters are gonna it's almost like the bloods versus yeah the miami gets a new like win. hundred grand chain every year and they got a new one it's pretty baller it's pretty yeah. baller uh yeah. josh what were you gonna say about navy the, the navy game though real quick well i was just gonna say when navy played byu they hadn't tackled yet and I'll tell you what, when they, the first half of that two lane game looks like have. they didn't tackle that entire week. Yeah. Still, like you just had two lane running right through them. And then all of a sudden the second half, it looks like the best tacklers in the world. They're bringing, they're, they're, is, they're eating healthy right now. The Navy guys are eating healthy, so they're not putting on the weight. Uh, we'll, we'll just attribute it to that. Uh, but yeah, so Josh, did you have any picks that you had last week? I know you, you weren't on the show, so uh, anyone listening or watching might not know what your picks were. But were, were, did you have any picks that were surprising? Obviously, that Oklahoma State over did not hit. Yeah. It didn't even come close. I think nah, it was like I had a, over I had 49 and a half or over, over 48 and a half. And I think the total was 20. All right, calm down. Yeah. All right. We get it. <laughs> well, much like you said, you aren't the biggest fan of Navy. They can go right off. I had yeah. money on Tulane, and yeah, 24-point lead at oh, halftime yeah. with five minutes left in the game. think I got it handed to me, right? <laughs> Next thing I know, gone. Uh, yeah. I did ha- I did have two upside picks. I did have Marshall beating Appalachian State. I have to represent the state of West Virginia with that one. And then uh, Louisiana Tech to beat Southern Miss. Southern Miss just looked terrible week, week one, so... I had Louisiana Tech. Those are really the only things I played last week. Uh, so we'll we'll get into what our picks are at the end of the show, but let's talk a little bit of the upcoming games this weekend, Jake. Uh, obviously, you two are playing uh, West Virginia and Oklahoma State, but there's SEC starts this weekend. So was, was there any games that stuck out to you uh, in, in the SEC? But in the Big 12, we got Kansas State, Oklahoma, which we don't even know if it's going to happen. And it's Thursday right now, so it's still up in the air. Uh, in the Big 12, they got also – who else plays? I'm trying – Iowa State, TCU. And that game's actually at Iowa State minus 2.5, which was interesting. I almost wanted to take that, but it's too uh, – you don't fucking know. Iowa State lost to a – who was it? Louisiana. So yeah. that's too risky. Uh, but, yeah. Go into any games that might have stuck out to you, Jake. I know you've been paying attention most, to. Some I mean, of the most games. games are super sketchy. SEC is kind of like we haven't seen any of them play, so we have no idea. I mean, like Kentucky's ranked twenty-three. Like, who has? Like, they lost half their team. I have no idea how they got that ranking or how they're that high. And it's it's just it's kind of all over the place. I will say though about the K State game is kind of crazy. Is I heard that they were using tight ends as linemen because so many linemen were out. So like I, I had to game, do that in middle school and that's why I stopped playing football was because the coach <laughs> used me as a tight, as a lineman, even though I should have been like a hundred pound wide receiver or whatever it was, 110 pound wide receiver. And I was yeah. going up against, you know, in the trenches and it just didn't work out. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I'll stick, I'll stick to hockey or something. Yeah, it's it's never going to work. I mean, the thing is, the good thing is, is they both have a same bye week somewhere in the middle of October. So that game, if it does get postponed, they'll probably both reschedule on their bye week and it'll kind of work out for them on that. But, you know, real quick on the bye week stuff uh, on my other show, the sports show for U Central Radio 99.3 in Edmond uh, for that show with my buddy Preston. We had talked. Uh, he had, he presented a question to me about the Big Ten and how they're only doing an eight week season with no buys. You can't you you cancel a game 
Yeah, you're done. You might you might not make that up because they their their championship weekend for the Big Ten is the weekend before the college football playoff committee comes out with the college football playoff rankings or the final ones for the for the set playoff. So you miss a game, you know, and I, I pose the hypothetical, which I hope doesn't bring the the Baker reverse jinx. But what if Oklahoma or uh, what if Ohio State, uh, Penn State week two gets canceled? You know, that's a big game. That's probably the biggest game of the year, you know, in terms of Big Ten play. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? I mean, what do you do? So it's going to be you can't you can't they can't fuck around. They have to play the games that they schedule. And if they don't, I'm saying they have to like. In football terms, but if they aren't able to medically speaking or because they can't feel to play uh, enough players, well, it's going to be tough to uh, make the playoffs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, they put themselves in a real tough position because I think no matter what happens, it's those small teams that are gonna, you know, I mean, the the hardest part is dude is, is Rutgers, Maryland. Yeah. Those small teams that end up losing games and you know, you're sitting there, whatever, two and two or three and three or Oh, and three or whatever. You're sitting there losing a bunch of games and now coach is telling you, oh, you can't go out and party. You have to stay in. You have to take this serious. And it's hard for them to stay serious and so engaged when you're having a bad year. And like, that's what's I think is going to bring it down is all those small schools that aren't going to care. They're going to get. Yeah. Gonna I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like Oklahoma and Kansas State this weekend. And I'm not saying this is the exactly the reason, but like Kansas State probably isn't going to have a great year this year and uh, they might not even be able to play this weekend. I'm not saying it's because players are going out and partying or anything, but that could be an issue with them. They could be like, I mean, what if they were to play against Oklahoma? They just lost to, I think it was Coastal Carolina or something like that, right? Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, okay. And and so they just lost to them. They they might get spanked by OU. Oh, no, wait, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Arkansas State. Arkansas yes, State. Yes, yes. Arkansas State. Okay. Louisiana beat Iowa State. Iowa State. Yeah, I said that earlier. Um, but I didn't know if that was right or not. But yeah, so they could get spanked by OU and and then really get demoralized. I mean, really yeah, get demoralized. You lose, you lose one more game, and I mean, basically out. Like it's you're basically out. out. Yeah. And, and let's I mean, be realistic. Them playing Oklahoma, they're probably going to lose by twenty or thirty, if not more than that. I mean, if you're losing to Arkansas State, you're then going to play Oklahoma, whose offense. I, I get that. Oklahoma didn't play world beaters, but it looks like it hasn't stopped. Just like Lincoln Riley's offense every year. Uh, Kansas state is going to probably. All right, Josh, hang on. I want you to go in on Oklahoma's offense real quick. What do you think of them? What do you think of Spencer Rattler? Again, it's hard to tell because they didn't like, they didn't play world beaters last week when they played. uh, Was it last week or was it two weeks ago? Two weeks, two weeks ago. But Rattler looked good. I mean, Again, he's playing a trash secondary. Their offensive line is going to dominate. But the offensive line of Oklahoma is really good. They have one of the best interior offensive linemen in Creed Humphrey. I think he's the best off interior offensive lineman in the country. They got Charleston Rambo, who is stepping up to take C.D. Lamb's spot, just like C.D. Lamb stepped up to take Marquise Brown's Hollywood Brown spot. It just It's like it's like rinse and repeat every year for them. I, I don't think that they're all – I think it'll be slightly worse because they don't have that – studded number two 
They have uh, Jaden Hazelwood as their number two receiver, who I think is going to be a stud in the future. Just he needs more time to develop, but I think their offense is still going to be a top five offense in the country. And I think that they're going to just absolutely destroy Kansas State. Do you think they are a, and Jake, I don't want your take. I know what it is. Do you think they are a college football playoff contender, if not a national championship contender? I think that they're a contender. I don't think that they will ever even come close to winning it. They just, they don't play defense. Welcome to the, welcome to the big 12 where we have some of the best offenses in the country, but we're going to give up 42. And that's why, that's why I I like the Ohio state and uh, the big 10 because Ohio state can play offense and defense. So we're, we're like the best team in the nation. Uh, We just got to get fucking playing. And hopefully the Big Ten lets us play the, the full eight-game season. Uh, hopefully we're able to get that done because if Ohio State goes 8-0, you almost got you almost got to bet your money that they'll be in the playoffs, you know, even if they're eight. If they play all eight games and they win all eight, they're going to be in the playoffs. You almost can guarantee that. Yeah, it, it'll be an AP number two or whatever. Like, Yeah. I mean, they missed four games, but all right. They, they missed playing Oregon, which huge game. But then who did they miss? I don't even know what their schedule was supposed to be, but it's probably two two other trash teams or three other trash teams. So, I mean, you're still playing some top-tier teams in the Big Ten in uh, in Penn State, Wisconsin. And that's actually about it. That's all I'm going to um, That's I all mean, I'm gonna say. I, I, the one problem I will say is the slander on the Big 12 is I have to stick up a little bit for the Big 12. Uh, yes, we play terrible, and there's no excuse of what occurred. I know what you're but, about to say. All those conferences didn't play other teams. You know, you guys don't even have a chance to lose in non-conference games. Like, you're not going to play whatever, you know. So, I mean, they can say all that stuff. And, you know. I actually thought you were about to say something else. Oh, no. Well, I mean, what I was going to say is, like, I heard all these SEC fans. like (laughs) There we go. Yeah. Watch the Oklahoma State game and say, like, oh, like, look how bad Oklahoma State is, like all this stuff. And I was like, we played great defense and terrible offense. I was like, that's what the SEC is. I was like, that's what the SEC was five years ago in their entire history was they were a run team that never had good quarterbacks, that can't pass the ball, that played great defense. I was like, we exactly played your style of ball, and you still call us bad. So, so like, it doesn't do you make think sense. Oklahoma State is the best SEC team in the Big 12? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, it's hard to say. Is Oklahoma State the best SEC team in the Big 12, Jake? Yes or no? I would say no. Wow, that's so surprising. I thought you would say yes. I was going to say uh, yes with who you. Would, who would you say? Because I, I, would, I would agree. I, I think there's one team that's better than them. But I plays more like SEC. Texas would be my pick. I think Texas plays very similar to SEC ball. They have huge big boys. They're slow and methodical. They like to ground and pound people out. And they they are very much an SEC team. And I think that's why Texas has always had a lot of success when they play SEC teams. Like the year that they played Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Or last year when they played LSU. And they actually were LSU's probably toughest team. Yeah, all this game LSU played all year. And it's because Texas has those big boys. Like, you know, to find a, a six foot, 185 pound male in America is very easy. To find a 330 pound guy is kind of hard. That can like, run up. 
you, what like a five one or yeah, whatever they run for eight and in shape like it's it's those big boys are few and far between so it that's where you, those blue bloods really shine is they get a lot of those big boys and they got size and depth and that's why they always every year the red river game is always good because it, they just match up size wise so well Josh, what were you about to say? Who who did you think would be the best SEC team, SEC team in the Big 12? See, I don't know if they would be the best team. Like you said, Texas obviously would perform better in the SEC than the, the team I would take. I would honestly say Iowa State. They're a very good defense. They've historically run the ball since David Montgomery. Now they got Brees Hall. They have a Brock Purdy's a good quarterback, but then look outside. He doesn't really have those weapons. So they're a run first team that plays good defense. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be the uh, I'm going to I'm going to say it's Oklahoma State. I'm going to be the real Oklahoma State fan on the show. Jake, you've always been known as a very vague, fake Oklahoma State fan. Uh, So I'll just I'll I'll be the fan for Oklahoma State. Their little brother to me. Uh, I'll I'll stand up for them. Oklahoma State's the best SEC team in the Big 12. Uh, But let's move on. We'll get out of college football. We got a great weekend coming up and we'll come back to college football with our picks at the end of the towards the end of the show. So keep, keep watching, keep listening. Um, let's get into the NFL last weekend. There was some interesting games. Uh, you know, what's the saying Jake you or Josh, if you know it, what's the saying, uh, the more things change, the more they stay, stay the same, right? Is that, is that the saying or is that a saying? If it's not, it's a saying now. I, I created yeah. it. The, the more things change, the more they stay the same. The Atlanta Falcons, the more they try to change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> I mean, their brand is losing when they are up by 20, 24 points in the third quarter. That's their brand. Uh, I don't think they'll ever escape from it. And unfortunately, it was to a team that's also shitty. The Cowboys, they lost 40 to 39 on a crazy, well-executed onside kick by the uh, Dallas Cowboys, which I don't know, Josh, if you watched it, but we watched it, Jake, right? And yeah. and that was just a crazy onside kick. And what was the game we've watched? I think we've seen like four, three or four extremely well-executed onside kicks this year, both in uh, one in the NFL. And I think the other one was in college football. Maybe both of them were in college. The other two were in college football, but we've seen some insanely well-executed onside kicks this year, but the, the Atlanta Falcons, boy, they just can't get out of their own way. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah. I, I mean, the game was crazy. The onside kick is inexcusable. How do you stand there and just let the ball cut? Like you can jump on the ball. Like the receiving team can touch it, you know, and like you can literally dive on the ball. The guy just let it roll. I, I don't know if he thought it wasn't going to go 10 yards or what was going through his mind. That's just inexcusable. My favorite video of the week came from there. It was a Cowboys fan that had a lucky egg and he was rubbing the screen with his lucky egg the whole game, dude. And they came back and won and he was like kissing it after. It <laughs> I actually great. did not see that. I'm going to have to find it. And uh, the week. yeah, I'm going to have to find that. Josh, did you watch that game? Uh, I actually didn't. I think I was watching the end of the Bills Dolphins game. Oh, okay, okay. One one of my friends like texted me and he goes, "What the fuck is up with the Falcons? Like, how are you that dumb?" And I'm like, "What? What just happened?" He goes, "We'll go." He goes, "Turn the channel." So I turned the channel, and the first thing that I could think of when I saw that onside kick is I'm like, "You call that special teams? I call that special needs right there." Like, yeah. How are you so dumb? Like, yeah. I mean, it's a have, tough. You have, 
you have five people around the ball. Yes, I get you don't want to give Dallas the chance. Well, if all five of you jump on it before they do, they got no chance of getting the ball. I get that the ball didn't look like it was going to go 10 yards. Then all of a sudden it took a B line for made a B line for the 45 yard line. But come on, that was it was terrible. Yeah, that game was terrible. And, uh, you know, I, just because I see it right here, and I got the scores from last week pulled up. One of my picks, I mean, I gave out a lock of the week. It, it was probably the lock of the century. I mean, to have the L.A. Rams plus one, I think they were plus one and a half. To have the L.A. Rams as a dog, they were plus one against the fucking Eagles. And they fucking smoked him. 37 to 19. It was the easiest pick of my life. I mean, I've never seen a game so easy to pick. And I'm not even exaggerating. That's just fact. The Eagles suck. Carson Wentz, I don't know how they stick with him. They have no offensive line. I don't know what their defense is like, but it just obviously wasn't even good enough for the Rams. to. They couldn't even handle the Rams. But Aaron Donald, I mean... He's just a beast. You just, that whole, I mean, even if he's not putting up numbers, he's drawing attention away so that other guys do. It's it, it's insane. Yeah, it's double teamed every week. Is just a man amongst children. Like he really is. He really is. Uh, actually, I'll just go into it. My last week's picks from the NFL. I had Rams plus one, which hit, and I had the Bills minus five and a half, which didn't hit. And Josh, you can fucking uh, speak on that Bills game. I actually didn't get to watch most of it just because don't get it out here in Oklahoma. Um, I only caught some highlights as they were showing it, but yeah, touch on that bills game real quick. So the game started and the bill, they looked unstoppable. They took a big lead early. And then all of a sudden I think it was a lightning delay happened. And after that lightning delay, I think it was, it was like 17, seven or 21, seven when that lightning delay happened. And then all of a sudden the dolphins just came storming back and took a 28 to 24 lead. And, and I was with my mother and she's a bills fan. And all of a sudden I'm like, huh? She's like, what in the hell is happening? How how are we letting the Dolphins offense just trample us? It was it was it was absolutely abysmal. It was almost like the Cowboys Falcons game version two, but the Bills ended up still winning that game. It was and Josh uh, Allen. I think them, I think Josh, Josh Allen. Beautiful throws. Well, he, I think really Josh Allen is probably game. one of the best young quarterbacks. Probably one of the best quarterbacks. He's definitely top. He's got to be top ten in the league right this year uh, in terms of like last year's uh, numbers and this year's put together in like his projection. I would say he's, he's got to be top 10 quarterback in the league. Definitely top one of the top young guys. Obviously, I think I think it would go Mahomes, Jackson. Wilson. No, Wilson's not young anymore. He's been in the league. Since oh, I, I'm sorry. I, didn't, I, didn't I, I would say young. I would say young guys, the guys that have been in only a couple years, you know, and I would say it would go Mahomes, Jackson, Allen. Do you see Garner Minshew's high school picture with him and the cheerleaders? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, there was a picture that came out this week, and it was Garner Minshew, and he was sitting there with his trophy, and he was like laying down, and they had the, all the cheerleaders in the back. It was That's like, hilarious. Dude was even a legend in high school. Yeah, I mean, he is a legend now. Uh, I think who did they play this upcoming Stash. weekend? Um, but they they oh. he lost to the Titans last weekend. Uh, the the Jags they actually played tonight against yeah. the Dolphins, right? So they yeah. do play tonight, Thursday night game against the Dolphins. Uh, I I don't know about, about the Dolphins. I, I think they're going to have to make a choice here pretty soon on benching Fitzmagic and bringing in Tua. I don't know if it's because Tua's hurt that they're not playing them. I don't know if it's because they're trying to give them some time. 
to, you know, get the NFL speed under his belt. They didn't have any preseason, so maybe they're using the first couple of weeks for that reason. But you obviously, I mean, we saw success in a similar fashion with the Chargers out there in uh, L.A. where Tyrod Taylor got, you know, he in the pregame, 10 minutes before kickoff, he gets hurt because reportedly, you know, this is reports from, you know, wherever I saw it on ESPN that the team doctor was giving him some sort of pain meds or whatever and poked him in the poked him in the rib or in the lungs. So I don't know what's going on out in terms of the medical staff and whatnot, but nonetheless, and we'll get off that. We'll just stick with football. Justin Herbert, they had to bring in Justin Herbert with 10 minutes to go before the game started. And he had a pretty, pretty damn good game in terms of first game ever uh, against the I would say a decent team in the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I would say they're pretty good. They were a pretty good team. So he had a pretty good game against them. Uh, so I don't see why the Dolphins can't try and do the same thing. Bring him in and bring Tua in. I'm not even a Tua fan, per se. I just think, why not give him the shot? You drafted him so high. Chance. Give him a chance. You're, already, you're a shit team, so you're going to lose anyway. So you might as well give him a chance. But also, speaking of young quarterbacks, one of my picks was the Bengals the Browns. And Joe Burrow, for the second week in a row, had a great game, and they came up just short. Yep. Uh, you know, I said it. I think I tweeted it out in the beginning of that game, maybe at the start of that game. I think Joe Burrow is going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Maybe not with the Bengals. Probably not with the Bengals. But if he can, if he can survive his first contract with the Bengals and get out of there, or if they can actually rebuild to be something and protect him, no, I think as long as he has a, he's just got to get out of the, he's got to have some support. You know, he can't just have one and a half seconds to throw the ball every, every damn time. Like you got to give him some protection. And if he does get that, I think he's a hall of fame caliber quarterback. Yeah. It's a little different. I mean, the thing is, you know, cause a lot of people think like people on terrible teams that are great, you know, like Devin Booker, like Devin Booker's in the same kind of scenario. Like he'll never be considered the greatest or one of the greatest if he never leaves but they're in different things because joe burrow has to rely on an offensive line to stay healthy where devin booker can just drop 40 every night and just you know play yeah, his numbers career. yeah yeah he yeah. can still be fine but burrow is one of those that it's like eventually his day's coming you know yeah they, when they play the Rams or something and Aaron Donald's coming oh at you. Oh, my gosh. I actually hope they don't play the Rams because I'm, I'm going to check their schedule because I don't know. But, Josh, go ahead and speak on maybe the, what's your what's your thoughts on them or whatever. Well, the Bengals. well honestly, Joe Burrow reminds me of and the, Tua same maybe too. the same situation that Andrew Luck came into with the Colts. He had all the weapons in the world he could have wanted. Joe Burrow's got A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. Much like the Colts had Reggie Wayne at the time. They got T.Y. Hilton. But the line is just absolutely abysmal. I, Miles Garrett could have gotten triple teamed, and I still think he would have gotten off through all three of them in that game. Like it was terrible. I they the Browns literally were sending three or four people in pressure and Burrow on every single drop back, and he had sixty one of them. Like how like you got to build that line. It was absolutely. I mean they they have to get saw, something some sort of production for him. You saw Andrew Luck's career get cut short, and that hurts as a Colts fan, but. Yeah, I was just about to I don't ask want to see you, this. what are your thoughts on the Colts? Because 
you guys have Philip Rivers out there, but how long are you going to have Philip Rivers? But do you want to win with them? Well, here's my thing. The Colts, historically, everyone laughed at us losing to the Jaguars. The Colts have lost their last seven season openers, haven't won in Jacksonville in five years, so I'm kind of giving that a pass right now. And if you watch what we did against the Vikings, yeah, that's more of what I expect. Kirk Cousins was 6-20 of at one point in that game with three turnovers, and he was basically a 12th defender on the field. Like, he was terrible. But was he terrible, or was it so much the Colts were actually playing really good defense? Jonathan Taylor looked good. I, I think the Colts legitimately have a I chance. I forgot you guys got Jonathan Taylor. I forget well, that. Yeah, Marlon, that. Mack tore, Marlon Mack tore his Achilles week one. Jonathan Taylor steps in, 100 yards rushing in his first start. It's. I actually I, totally forgot that Jonathan Taylor was in the draft this year and that you guys got him because, I mean, really it's all about uh, Ply, uh, you know, the running back out of L. Clyde Edwards earlier. Yeah, him and J.K. Dobbins. I mean, those are the. Those are the names I remember, at least. I don't. I forgot about Jonathan Taylor, to be honest. And right. and yeah, that is huge. But do the Colts? I mean, are you guys win now? I mean, are you guys in the win now mode? I, I would assume so. I mean, really, you guys are one and one. Off. We're one and one. But like I said, I'm kind of giving that Jacksonville a wash. If we can't win this week, I'm hanging the towel up. We're playing the Jets. It's they're terrible. Mark if you look at stats, yeah, yeah. Forty-one fifty. You uh, said that. If they lose this week, they're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you look at the set, like the Colts defense, it got a lot of trash for Minshew completing 19 of 20 passes, but a lot of those were, I'm going to blame Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator. You can't call 90% of their snaps to be zone defenses against a scrambling quarterback. Yeah. And all it takes, all it takes is two or three seconds to find a hole open in the zone. And I mean, we were getting pressure, but. Minshew could has the ability to get out of that pressure, step up, find DJ Chark wide open in between zones. We started playing man coverage last week. We looked pretty good, even without one of our starting corners. But it's going to be interesting to see. We have two more injuries. Uh, we have Malik Cooker, Torres Achilles done for the year. Paris Campbell has a PCL injury. I don't really know what's happening there. He's on IR, so he's out for probably half the season, knowing his luck, which is tough because he was out most of last year, too. But I think I think that they legitimately have a chance to be something special. Statistically, right now they're the best defense in football. That's something I haven't been able to say in my entire life. So you know who statistically gonna... is the most efficient quarterback in football? Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill was the most efficient quarterback last year. And uh Jake, you're welcome for saying that. He is the yeah. Tannehill hater. And I don't know why, but one day him and we were doing a Jake Big episode. And before one of our guests uh, was on Preston Pool, uh, Jake was slandering Ryan Tannehill, and then and then I, during the show, Preston Pool slandered him too. And I just felt like I need to, I, he needed some support, and so I support Ryan Tannehill. We're Ryan Tannehill podcast. We're Ryan Tannehill show. Uh, and Jake doesn't really believe his what he says about him. Dude, Ryan Tannehill hey, is a gar- no. garbage hey, can. All right, well, we're just <laughs> moving on, moving on. That's, the that's people that. I- we're moving on. The people that can handle the pressure is uh, a guy by the name of, and he's only 20 years old, a guy by the name of Tyler Harrow for the Miami Heat. Because talk about a fucking basketball player. Last night, Wednesday, the 23rd, they played against Boston Celtics. I think it was game four for the Heat. The Heat ended up winning to go up 3-1. Talk about a player that handles himself, handles, handles the pressure, 
and 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 is going to be a good fucking player in the league for a long time to come as long as he stays healthy. Tyler Arrow, I mean, he dropped what, 37 points? Yeah, 37. he's the youngest to ever do it. Well, he second also, youngest to have a 35 or 30 plus point game in the playoffs behind Maggie, Magic Magic jo- Magic Johnson. So I mean, it's, like that. I mean, it was an insane game. The, the the Heat are looking like legit contenders. Legit contenders. They're eleven and two in the playoffs. 11 yeah, I and mean, two. That's insane. I just about. don't know. I how do they match up against the Lakers? Because the Lakers are about to play Game Three tonight against the Denver Nuggets. They'll be going up three one, which is a scary lead to have against the Denver Nuggets during these playoffs. They're two and uh, they are undefeated so far against in elimination games. So it's not fun to go up three, three, one against the Denver Nuggets, but I think the Lakers will be fine. Uh, let's just assume they will be fine. The Lakers make the finals and they play the heat. I mean, do they match? What's that matchup like? I mean, I think, I think it kind of leans uh, heat in the front and the, in the backcourt, but it leans Lakers everywhere else, you know? Yeah. I mean, even in the backcourt, the heat just, if we had Avery Bradley, it'd be different. Total different styles of basketball. I think what makes the Heat so good and what makes them work so well is they don't have that one guy that's just a superstar on their team that stands out. Like they all play so well together. Like they don't care how many minutes they play, how many, you know, like they don't care about passing the ball. Like they they'll do whatever they need to do to get wins and they have no problem doing it where superstars want to hog the ball and they want to take all the shots. Like the heat just don't have a lot of those guys. Like, you know, obviously I think Jimmy Butler, no, but stretch even on Jimmy Butler, he was asked, they asked him somewhat like, you know, what's your role with this team? And he's like, Hey, if I don't need to fucking, if I don't need to shoot the buckets in the first three quarters, that's fine. But, they know that he's he's a clutch player and he's like, yeah. but what as, as he's basically saying, and you know, this is how I took it. As long as you guys keep it close in the fourth quarter, I'll fucking get the buckets down. I'll knock the I'll knock the ones, the high pressure shots down. But you know what? Everyone's doing that. They're all doing that. They're all yeah. like Bam Bam is able to do it. And he's actually he might be hurt. He hurt his wrist last night. So we gotta watch yeah. out for that. That could be a huge yeah. loss if they make the finals. But Tyler Harrow is able to make shots. Gorgon, Gorgon Drogic is able to make shots. I mean, all that whole team, that whole squad down there is is just able to make buckets, not just yeah, Jimmy. I mean, but Jimmy basically understands that like he doesn't need to drop 45 points a game because he might get all the looks in the fourth quarter because they need someone that is poised and can take those high-pressure shots and, and also just take pressure off the uh, defenders. Yeah, well, I think the big the thing is defense is Jimmy Butler – and Andre Godala coming in playing huge defense against that backcourt of Boston, and they making them struggle. Like Jason Tatum didn't have a point until halftime. Until after, well, halftime. after halftime he had what 26, 25 yeah. points. So he did yeah, go he off, but like, yeah, they did lock him down That's, the whole first half. He was zero and six uh, field goals, zero and four from three with no points. I think only three or four rebounds and yeah. only a couple assists. Like he he did no. not have a good first half. I mean, this the, 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 is terrible. Yeah. The Celtics are struggling and the heat are on fire is basically the story of what's going on there. I think it's hard to say. I think the Celtics are a better team, barely. But, you know, if you're playing bad and they're playing good, like you're just going to get beat. And I think yeah. the real crazy story is 
they are only one of two five seeds to ever make the Eastern Conference Finals, and they will be the only team in history of basketball to be a five seed and make the finals. If are they the five happens. seed or the six seed? Or they are the five seed? Okay. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter if they're one of those two. But yeah, I mean, it is crazy. Josh, what are your thoughts on the, the NBA right now? If you were to look at the NBA right now, one man looks like he is on a mission to put up, and that's Jimmy Butler. That dude has hit every clutch shot that he's taken. It's just insane. He plays lockdown defense. It's he like much like we were saying with Aaron Donald looks like a man amongst boys. Jimmy Butler looks like a man amongst boys in the NBA right now. He just looks laser focused. He enjoys being around his teammates, unlike in Minnesota and Philadelphia. He enjoys his team. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a while ago, but he actually enjoys being around his teammates. He trusts his teammates for once and. it, this team is dangerous. And I, here's the thing. when they, it, Assuming they make the finals and assuming it's the Lakers that they get, it'll be interesting. LeBron James has not had a real matchup on like to defend him yet this postseason. But you got Jeremy Grant right now. Not, not, not taking much against Jeremy Grant, but he is not Jimmy Butler. Who do you have in the Rockets series? Exactly. Who do you have against the Trailblazers? Carmelo? Same thing with Anthony Davis is going to get Bam out of bio. Jokic? One of the best offensive centers, if not the best offensive center. He is a joke on defense, no pun intended. But he, it's going to be the first chance, the first time this postseason that the Lakers are two stars are really going to have legit defense, and they're going to need someone else to step up. And who is that going to be on the Lakers? Rajon Rondo, <laughs> KCP. No, I don't he know. I, I don't know. I think. Game. I think. I mean, obviously, I don't. I don't think I have to be the one to say it. LeBron James is going to be LeBron James. Anthony Davis is going to be Anthony Davis. It's just, are they going to be hold them off? Are they going to be able to hold them off just enough? You know, just enough. Jimmy Buckets and Bam and those guys. Because you're not going to fully, you're just not going to lock down LeBron James. Those two things, they usually go in, in sentences only like this. LeBron James is locked down or LeBron James has locked it down. There's no, you can't lock him down. He does the locking down. He Locks the key, throw it, throws it out, or locks the lock. He does it. I mean, are you going to be able to limit him and hold it to that one two-point game down the stretch? Because they're not losing by 15, 20 points. The Lakers, are, it's just not going to happen in the finals. You're just not going to be able to do it. So uh, let's take the thing about LeBron real quick. Yeah, yeah. I think, dude, like when you watch it and you see him play, he almost starts to do stuff. And then if he gets frustrated and things aren't kind of going his way, he kind of you know, does a couple of weird things that happens, but dude, when things are clicking and I just don't think LeBron has just given 110%, like he hasn't like hit that extra gear quite yet. Like when he starts making, like there was, I think one game against the, the last team they played, you know, where he had like five blocks. Like when you start seeing those block numbers come up and like his, you know, the thing is, dude, is when LeBron scores 20 or 30 points, they're unstoppable. Like, there's just no way to stop that offense. When LeBron's driving and getting all those buckets, and then he can start dishing to AD, and then the bench starts getting involved, and, you know, Caruso and KCP. And, and AD knocked down that insane three the other night to win the game. I well, mean, and, that was dude, an insane splash. I mean, one of the main problems with the Nuggets is, like, is like Yoshich plays so great. But when you're the Lakers and you can just sit there and rotate Howard and McGee and 
Anthony Davis or whoever, you know, you could just sit there and rotate constantly putting all these pressures on the ocean. It's like, you know, that that front court for the Lakers is serious. And yeah, it is. It's just stacked and it absolutely is. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I think it's going to, I think we said it last week before, or just as the heat series was getting started in the Lakers series. I think I, I think I predicted the heat in seven or six. Uh, but I, I really do. I think it's going to be Lakers heat in the finals, uh, with the Lakers winning that, but let's just get to this weekend's pick. So I'll go first. <clears throat> I'll go first. Let's do our NFL picks. We'll go. Actually, let's just go through all our picks. So I, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Denver Broncos. Jake, uh, Tampa Bay's minus six. I'll take Tampa Bay minus six. You guys don't have a quarterback right now. Blake Bortles is there, but who knows if he starts? He just got signed this week, early this week. So we don't really know, you know, is he up to date on that offense yet? I mean, he's one of the most, pro- he is the boat. He's one of the most pro- prolific quarterbacks in NFL history. Uh, and so he should be able to come in and mess real well. But let's just take Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks at minus six on that. I'm going to take, and this is a little shot at one of uh, someone I know, but I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders plus five and a half against Cam Newton and the New England Patriots. I'm going to take Vegas five and a half uh, plus five and a half. And then I'm going to going into the college football. I'm going to take Auburn at minus seven and a half against Kentucky. Uh, I wanted to take Kentucky to cover that, but. I have done this before with Auburn and they usually, they usually prove me wrong early in the season. So I'm just going to actually go the reverse route, take Auburn. And if Auburn loses, then yay, it's kind of a win-win. I'm going to skip my second college football pick until the end of my picks. The Lakers minus six against Denver tonight. So that is tonight. That's a Thursday night game. I will be putting this pick out on Twitter just so that if people don't catch this, uh, show until the weekend or something they, they'll still be able to go find that pick if they want to uh check me on that and so i'm taking lakers minus six it says at denver but like they're in the bubble so that that doesn't really matter and then i'm gonna take dallas stars friday night plus 160 against tampa bay they'll uh they're they got to make this series tied up again if they go down three one it's gonna be hard to put uh it's gonna be hard for tampa bay to you know, lose that series or uh, Dallas come back down three, one. So I'm going to take Dallas stars at plus plus one sixty to bring that series to two. And then my last college football pick, I am going to, you might be happy about this. One of you might be happy about this. One of you might not be, or both of you might not be. Uh, I'm going to take number 15, Oklahoma state minus seven at home against West Virginia. Uh, Keep kind of Keep as flipping. a, you know, something to root for. But also, I do think Oklahoma State's going to start clicking. Whether Sanders comes back in, if he comes back in, that leaves Chuba to go uh, get a little bit more open, hopefully. And if they stick with Shane Illingworth, then I think that does the same thing because I think they'll be able to get the passing game down. So I do think uh, Oklahoma State will be able to cover that. But, Jake, you might not like that because sometimes I do have a little bit of a reverse jinx, but I don't, I'm not going to say anything about it. Maybe while we're at, if we go to the game, while we're at the game, uh, we'll, uh, I'll cheer. Or while, while I'm watching the game, I'll cheer for him. But I, I think Oklahoma State has a good chance of covering that. So, yeah, Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus six, Las Vegas Raiders plus five and a half, Oklahoma State minus seven at home, Auburn minus seven and a half at home against Kentucky. L.A. Lakers minus six and Dallas Stars on the ice at plus 160. Josh, I'm going to send it to you. You go ahead and then we'll finish out with Jake on his picks. 
All right. So I got a question one to start with. I have Mississippi State plus 16 and a half against the reigning national champions in LSU. I actually was going to take them. I was going to take them, but LSU has lost virtually everyone. The only the only notable person on offense that they really have coming back is Terrence Marshall. Okay, Mississippi State's got a good decent defense. Now look at the defense. The only really notable person, the only notable thing that they really have on defense, Derek Stingley. I like the inex. I like the more experienced Mississippi State team with. I believe they got KJ Costello and as a transfer transfer quarterback. They have a very underrated running back in Kylan Hill. I like them. I I think LSU is going to win the game, but I, I three scores is asking a lot of a very inexperienced team. Uh, the next pick I have is Army plus thirteen and a half against Cincinnati. If you looked at Cincinnati's defense last week against Austin P, they gave up one hundred and forty yards to Austin P on the ground. It's Austin P. It's not Army, who is one of the best, if not the best, rushing offense in football. Cincinnati has played Navy four times since being in the American. They're one and three. Last year they did win forty-two to nothing, but Navy was. But no, it wasn't last year. I think it was two years ago that they won forty-two to nothing. So I like Miami. I two scores, two three scores against that ground control off. Uh, ground control army is going to be pretty tough, I think, for Cincinnati. Uh, the next pick is actually my lock. The U is back to me. Miami minus eleven and a half against Florida State. Uh, this Florida State team did just lose sixteen to thirteen to Georgia Tech, who just lost to twenty eight to UCF. And this Miami team just beat a ranked opponent on the road in front of fans in Louisville by 13. Like, how are they only uh, how it, the line opened at 10? I actually have money on it at 10. Why is the line so close? I Florida State's offensive line is pretty terrible. Quincy Roche, Jalen Phillips of Miami, I think are going to eat up. It would be even scarier if they had Gregory Russo, but I like Miami minus a lot. I think it was just minus 11. Uh, the Titans, I have a minus two and a half going against the Vikings. This this is a tough one because I think the Vikings are in a very must-win situation here, but I, their defense is just terrible. Uh, you you made Phillip Rivers look like a god. You made Aaron Rodgers look like uh, – I mean, he has looked like the MVP of the league, but he looked incredible against them. I think that Vikings defense is going to get shredded by your boy Tannehill over there, Jake, and Derrick Henry is going to run all over him. The other pick I have is uh, the Bills minus two against the Rams. I think the Rams are a good team, but I think they've also played two of the worst defenses in football in the Cowboys and Eagles. Now you have to deal with the Bills. So if they get Tremaine Edmonds back, that's that's a really good defense. And then the other pick I have is Monday Night Football. I got the Ravens minus three and a half against the Chiefs. Oh, okay. I didn't even want to touch that game. That's going to be a great game. I don't know which way that's going to go. I think that's going to be great. Uh, I I think that the Ravens can stop the Chiefs more than the Chiefs. I don't even know if the Chiefs are going to be able to stop Lamar. They struggled with Herbert, not taking anything away from Herbert, but Lamar is the MVP true. for a reason. Very true. Lamar is the MVP for a reason. That offensive line is amazing. J.K. Dobbins. Don't oh, forget that. Put some Mark Ingram. J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. I Justice actually was, Hill. Hey, watch it over there. We don't we don't need to preach about half. Hey, they have Justice Hill too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JK Dobbs is the star on that team. Uh I almost did take that Packers Saints game. I I wanted to mention on this uh 
we didn't really get into too much NFL. Um, that fucking the Saints. I don't know. I think Drew Brees is getting old. I don't think that's a hot take either. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to cover that three point spread. They're actually favored by three points, which is insane. I think Packers are still pretty decent. They're two and zero, obviously. Um, I think Packers take that game, but I, I'm not taking I'm not taking that game as a pick. Jake, you might, maybe you aren't, but uh, hit us with your picks. I don't think you said you had much, right? Yeah, uh, I, I I have the usual. I do about five picks a week. Um, I mean, I we'll go through the obvious ones first. We'll do the. I took the Lakers minus six versus the Nuggets. That's kind of a you know non controversial pick. Um, I, I I also I took. I'm the opposite. I took the Chiefs plus three uh-huh. and a half versus Ravens because that's I kind of I kind of like picking those game day games, those big games of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I thought you were about to say you took the opposite of the West Virginia pick I had, and you were going to go with West Virginia. You're you almost surprised me there. So you uh, saw you're not a real Oklahoma I'll, State fan. I'll get to that. So I I took I'm taking the R, well, the Washington R words plus seven versus the Browns because. That game's just gonna be. I actually almost take that. I almost took them too. They're plus seven. Yeah, I almost took yeah, them. The Browns are just not looking good. No, That's not just, at all. My really wild card pick is I'm taking Houston Baptist plus twenty three and a half versus Louisiana Tech. Houston Baptist started out the season playing Texas Tech. They almost won that game against Texas Tech. I, think- I feel like this might be a slight, uh, slight jab to one of my buddies. That's a Texas Tech fan. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't too happy that they didn't, uh, no, it's, it's a compliment to him. I'm saying Houston Baptist is better than people think that they are, you know, we'll play it that way. And, uh, and my main one is I'm also taking army plus 13 and a half for Cincinnati army every year, year in, year out, always gives a top 25 team struggles. Uh, they did it to Michigan. They did it to OU. They did it to really good blue blood powerhouse teams. Let me I, let me flip this on. He's good, but I, you know, I don't see that happening. Let me flip this on you. You say they give a top twenty-five team struggle at least once a year. They are a top twenty-five team. What if they give themselves a struggle? Huh? You ever thought about that? That's I think true. Th- I and, think they're actually going to do you that. Making that point is the reason why I will not have Oklahoma State West Virginia. I will not pick that game. Because I have not bet on Oklahoma State game since 2013, and the game that changed everything was West Virginia. It was West Virginia 2013. We had Clint Shelf. We went 10 and two that year. We lost to OU in West Virginia. We lost to West Virginia on the road. It's one of the worst games I've ever seen us play. I bet on OSU to cover that game. We should have won that game. And it drove me so insane that I vowed for that day on, I will never bet on another Oklahoma State game for the rest of my life. Got I think that was it. back in the old Clint Trickett days of West Virginia, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Clint Trickett beat us. And All right. Trickett, Kevin said. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that was the Jake and Bake Show. You just heard our picks. Uh, be sure to follow us. Follow me on Twitter at the Bakers here, Jake at Jake Cart, and at Josh underscore Stevens. 13 one three right one three uh so be sure to follow us and at jake and bake show on twitter be sure to like comment and subscribe if you're watching here on youtube 
And if you're just listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever, the, I don't think it goes to Apple Podcasts actually for some reason. So on Spotify, if you're on Spotify, give it a follow or subscribe to it and download it however you want to do it. Uh, it all helps. It all means something to us. Uh, and it really does help progress the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. This was the Jacob Big Show. Josh, it was great to have you on. Uh, we'll be yep, doing no some, we'll be, we'll have, be having some guests on here uh, more often, hopefully. And maybe you'll be back on maybe later in the season. We'll see what uh, West Virginia is up to, uh, whether they have beaten or not beaten Oklahoma State. I don't think they will. I took Oklahoma State plus seven. Someone's got to have someone's got to have some balls in this game. Uh, I don't think we'll lose either, but I can't. I'm not picking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, so, I don't bet on my own team. I refuse to do it. Yeah, I'd pick. I'd pick Oklahoma State to win. I under. Oh wow. Okay. Interesting. I might have to clip that. But thanks for watching. Like I said, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, all that nonsense. Peace. See you.